0: Hope that everyone out there today isn't burning down their house, and we'd like to welcome you to the Burning Down the House podcast. I'm your host Daniel, and I'm, uh, I'm here with my my lovely co-host Josh. What's up, yo? I'm you doing today? I'm doing great. And uh, you? I'm doing all right. Uh-huh. Um, full transparency, because I feel like this is just important at this point. <laughs> this is the fifth time I've tried to record this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna hope we're gonna hope for the best.
1: enroll with it. Enroll. We're going to do it. One big roll. It might be B-roll here. worthy, but it'll still roll. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just do it. Um, Just a little, you know, it's our inaugural
0: episode, so I want to let everyone know what's going on around here. It's yeah. a tech podcast talking about all things tech, whether it be, you know, stuff that's in your house, to stuff that's in your business, just anything that's notable. We want to talk about it and keep you guys a little bit informed. Um, this is going to be companion content to some other things that we have launching in the future. Um, things like tutorials, little um, exposés about certain products that are, you know, basically just little tidbits of information while this is going to be more of a long form content thing so i'd like to introduce our lovely corporate sponsor uh, fetzer house technology um that is actually us you know i'm also going to be transparent there because the law says i yep. have to um <laughs> we are a local msp and managed service provider providing it services to those in need um these could be people that have you know they're currently outsourcing their IT department and maybe the guy's a little bit flaky. Maybe, you know, that they're they're not getting things done when it's supposed to be done. So maybe the server keeps going down and that preventative maintenance isn't being done. That's where we kind of come in and we help people, you know, we give them a proactive approach. So we're watching things. We're making sure it's working before you even know that there's a problem. And we're also there to make sure that we can guide you through those difficult times where like okay let's say you got to upgrade a bunch of computers like which ones are you going to buy you know some people they might have partners and they want to they Want to get a little bit of a one up on you and sell you something, but we are dedicated to your success and we like seeing each other grow. So, you know, anything from IT consulting to IT needs, come to us. We can figure out a solution for you that'll be the best. Yep, couldn't set it better. And we couldn't be happier that they are sponsoring our podcast <laughs> <laughs> I had to walk Pretty easy 30 to feet and ask. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it came back clean. So, <laughs> we're going to be starting off today talking about the Microsoft Edge browser or as i like to call it
1: Google Chrome 2 Chrome part 2 that's um, correct
0: and this all stemmed from the fact that the edge that the surface pro x their like premier uh, hybrid uh, device is now currently running edge it, it before was not right. running it it right. <laughs> you still had to use old edge which i just thought was really funny that microsoft unveiled a whole thing and then just didn't release it out but i think it yeah, had something to do with the arm processors. it is yeah
1: it's completely arm based the arm the arm processing is basically just for it's a little bit geeky but we're gonna we're in tech so it's gonna happen uh the arm processing is gonna you're they're basically emulating the um, regular, they call it the x86 architecture, which is like the old school way that you'd think of a PC for anybody not that doesn't know that. So essentially, they've got to re emulate, like, or not re emulate, just got to emulate everything about that browser to make it work. And it's kind of silly. It's a little ridiculous. Um, That's kind of one of the big, you know, goes to a bigger topic about arm, which we're not going to get into other than to say, it's just like, it's difficult to use that processor when everything's written in this old architecture for yeah. you know PCs that were 10, 20 years old.
0: Well I remember so, that was a big thing when the Surface Line first came out was that it ran
1: that ARM processor and yeah. everyone was like the, the original I don't know. Surface RT. They called it they rebranded it Surface RT, I think, yeah. or something like that. And you know, then there was the Surface Pro one, the version one, which was like Windows eight or eight point one. Yeah, I can't was remember eight, which one. It was eight, I believe. And then uh, you could upgrade it to eight point one and then they had the Surface Pro two and blah blah blah. And now, now we're got up Surface to Surface Pro X. like Yeah, whatever it is. Well, X is the ARM and then they have the regular. I think it's seven now is what we're on. Oh for real? Yeah, I think it's seven. Um, let me double check that real quick. But if you go to Microsoft's website you can pull us up too. It's pretty While he pulls that uh, up, one thing that I found
0: interesting on this article over at The Verge that we'll have linked below is (laughs) it's kind of describing what this uh, Chromium browser is going to bring to the Surface Pro X. It says, switching tabs, rendering web content, scrolling speeds are are all greatly improved with the Edge 80 for the Surface Pro X. It's truly transformative, and Microsoft's implementation of PWA's progressive web apps make the Pro X the world's most extravagant Chromebook. That is the most Backhanded compliment. Just say,
1: most extravagant chrome that is for real. What
0: they labeled the Surface Oh, they labeled it, it wasn't Microsoft no. that said that. I no, thought no, you no, no, said no. Microsoft said that. Okay, that, that was crazy. A, I
1: know. I was I was about to jump out of my chair. Um, <laughs> that was a little different. Yeah, we are in the Pro Seven Surface Pro Seven. By the way, so it is that that model, and that's running um, an Intel processor. It is. Yeah, oh, cool. it's all Intel. Um, it's a full Windows 10 flavor. I think I don't know if you can get Windows 10s. That's kind of their like locked down version of windows 10 so you can only install apps from the windows store but you know regardless it's a nice little device i mean i thought about actually getting one for myself because i have an old surface pro 3 that i use so it's good but uh back to the edge browser the new edge browser Yeah, you've actually Hold used on. it way more than i have <laughs> yeah let me correctly identify it <laughs> not chrome 2 but it is chrome 2 essentially uh yeah i've used it a lot actually i don't mind it it's pretty good um on that old Surface Pro 3, actually, I installed it on that, um, is a lot better than the Edge that was version 1, meaning sites would render, whereas, you know, cleanly yeah. uh, in this version and version 2 and the old versions, I couldn't get, you know, certain, I'm sure it had to do with, like, JavaScript or something running in the background or whatever it was, you know, but, like, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Like, I would have sites load, like, crap, and it was just like, okay, great. Oh, you know? I mean, you know... It was Let a me long, switch to Chrome. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, that was, it was what it was. It was so. a
0: long-standing thing where, like, anytime you started Stupid. a new computer, the first thing you did was go grab Chrome. Right. And I think Dumb. this is, like, Microsoft's big attempt to stop that. They want it. Yeah. Obviously, they're going to, I mean, no matter what, they're going to want you to use their thing. But it was so ubiquitous to just get a computer and just put Chrome on it. Yep. like that was just like the thing, and I I'm happy to see them doing something where they kind of compromise. You know, they're using mm-hmm. Chromium as the base, so they're kind of relinquishing like full control. Like, when do you need yep. this? Yep. But at the same time, they're getting away from like full Google and so you get like this happy medium of like you still get the features you still get the extensions um, and all that kind of stuff but you don't have to deal with Microsoft's terrible
1: UI and uh, (laughs) unserviceable (laughs) terrible UI I actually like their UI for Windows 10 I actually dig it it's cool it's okay it's smooth on the right right hardware it's smooth it's Um, really good on high refresh rate
0: displays which to anyone who doesn't know like you're probably looking at a 60 hertz display which means that every second mm-hmm. it is rendering a f- uh, frame, yeah. essentially, yep. um, versus some monitors specifically designed for gaming run at 144 to like 240 um, hertz. So you just get like a lot of the things where like, let's say you move a piece of text across your screen. You know what? Yeah. We'll do it as an experience Everyone listening, drag a piece of text across your screen and <laughs> tell me if you can read it. And the answer is probably no. Yeah. because it's not rendering that image fast enough right. for you to get that across a moving screen. And a higher refresh rate screen is something that's going to allow you to see that better. And I think Microsoft's UI and their their design language in general, especially with their smaller fonts, is much more conducive to a higher refresh rate screen.
1: Yep. yep. Well, I really, bake your Noodle, on a different note, I was just looking for this. Um, there's something that came out in one of the, I think it's the, one of the major release changes for people with, Office 365. I need to find the original source and confirm that. But basically, Microsoft is uh, was going to push out an update to your search in this new Chrome browser and Edge to make it be Microsoft Search with Bing. So, like, even <laughs> if you had something selected, they were going to change it. And that came out like I think it was last week or the week before. I think actually I think it was last week. But. Um, I haven't seen anything. It's not on, like, the top news, but I found it, like, floating around out there. I actually found their GitHub page, and they had it. I'll try and find it and put it in the show notes. But it was one of those things where I was like, hmm, that's called browser hijacking, like, legitimately. That's that's (laughs) super wack. That's not good. Um, So I don't know what they're going to do with that, but that's something users might uh, care about. I know that IT departments and administrators will definitely try to find a way to block that from happening. But Yeah. Um, for the end user that's doing like Windows 10 Home on their you know stuff at home, um, I don't know what to tell you at this point. There's no like concrete like way to avoid it yet. Well, so. yeah, and like I feel like that's such a stupid <laughs> no decision on their part because it's, it's going
0: to lose them market share. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm just you know Joe Schmo down the street. And I right. want to open up my laptop and Google something, and I type yep. into the search
1: bar and it pulls it's up bang. Bing. You're gonna be mad. Like yeah, I'm out. Like <laughs> I know. <laughs> like that's not gonna fly. And they're get, and that's and they're even doing. Oh, you know what it was? Now that I am talking this through, memory's coming back to me a little bit. I think they're actually doing it for Chrome. I think they're forcing it across the whole device, Oof. which is even worse. Oof. I think and I don't. I think it wasn't just the new Edge or the old Edge, but it was actually Google Chrome. So. Not sure about that one. Yeah. I think that's a little little sketch. That'll get changed
0: um, quickly if they actually implement it because people will riot.
1: Yeah, I I don't know people. I, I don't think people people might notice. Some might not. I don't know. I think you'll see a mixed if bag. If Bing
0: that. wasn't as in your face as soon as you Googled something, yeah, I, I not Google. See, even you just say Google. Just, I know. Just, just Everybody,
1: just, as soon as you search something on the yeah, internet, as soon as you <laughs> as soon as you type
0: something into the address bar and press enter, we're vendor will... neutral here. <laughs> Um, But no, like, if you Bing something, essentially, like, it pulls up, like, the weather, like, all sorts of stuff. And, like... That you don't care about. That you don't care about. And that's one thing that even if you're worried about privacy with Google, they do a pretty good job of giving you, like, what, two advertising links? And then the rest of it's what you want. Yep. And it's nothing else. And you don't have to worry about... I I don't know. I always hated, like, different apps when I want to do one thing, and then they force me to experience, like... A myriad of things right I want there's one function that I want to perform and I feel like that's super true for like a lot of the end users for like the consumer space is like it's already like computers can be daunting for people to like Mm -hmm. understand and like understand what's going on and like when I when I the consumer want to just do something like I just want to do that thing I don't need forty options on that nope. page because those are just going to overwhelm me. Right, and it's baffling to me that there are companies out there with as much money invested in R and D, and they have all these UI and UX programs, and they test on people that they haven't figured out that most people just want to get on, do the one thing that they wanted yep. to do, and have it be easy and, be and efficient and be done. Yep, and, and that's it's crazy that's
1: lost. Yeah, and and it's I don't know. I don't want to keep talking about that. I could go on for hours on that subject. So. We're gonna leave it there, because <laughs> I I could add, I'll just add, I'll actually add one quick thing, and that is, you know, it's tough to find across such a broad spectrum of an audience in Microsoft and other big, you know, tech companies' defense uh, how to keep them all happy, because sometimes people want to do like ten thousand things, you know, when they get on their computer. So I do see the other side of it, but for most of the time, like most most people are just trying to target one task at a time yeah like you said so I don't know I would stick with that as a primary goal
0: so what is your primary web browser that you use tell me like honestly you use different web browsers for different things yeah so
1: I run as a you know tech guy has been in the game for ages um, now old man over here so we I've run pretty much everything Um, I like chrome's uh operability i guess is the word i'm looking for i hate the fact that google steals all your data with it um i'm not a fan of that and i run so, like on a macbook i'll run chrome as a primary browser kind of thing yeah um, but on windows devices actually i'm running the the new edge okay and it's working really well for me um i like that just because it naturally i feel like microsoft's gotten a little bit better with their ecosystem and you know and chime in on this if you think differently, but the in the past when, you know, Internet Explorer, think about the days when that was around. And I don't know if you had a lot of experience with that, but yeah. a ton of people, like, hated it, right? It, it was, was absolute pretty bad. garbage. Yeah. And so you'd go download. At the time, it was Firefox or uh, was Opera. What am I missing? There's, there's a couple other ones that are kind of a little smaller. Um, but those are kind of your big ones. And then when Google released Chrome, you know, Nobody really knew what they were doing, like why they were doing it. I kind of had suspicions. They were trying to beef up their ad revenue with it in some way. I don't know exactly what that was at the time, but that's basically what happened with it. And so I don't really dig that, but I will say from like a day-to-day operation standpoint, like Chrome is like the go-to thing. I mean, they do have like a great engine behind it. It works really well. Obviously Microsoft sees that too and they've adopted it and put it an edge. Yeah. And that's that's either that or they're they're just like you said in the beginning of this, they don't want you to go download Google yeah. Chrome right away. It's like yeah. just hey, it's already right here, you know, exactly. use our stuff. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's weird. It it's kind of interesting to see the whole thing because everybody's kind of developing their own ecosystem and that's that's a whole nother ball of wax that I think is, you know, a much bigger conversation than what we have time for today. But essentially, like, you know, you see Microsoft doing their thing, and it's kind of starting to make sense all flowing together. Office 365, you know, Microsoft 365, yeah. all that stuff. And you got the Edge browser, and it's got the Chrome back. And you see some of the new products they're developing, like the, the new little phone-looking thing that can – I think it's the Surface Duo or something like that yeah. that's in development right now. So, like, there's going to be some pretty interesting products that come out of there. Um, pipeline in the next year or so, which I'm really curious about. Yeah. but it's like they're pl- they're still trying to play the like catch up game, like with Apple.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah.
1: that's kind of what I think. I mean, not completely because they obviously corner the market on business. Some crazy stat, like over eighty percent of P- of computers are still PCs. They're definitely trying kind, to corner that it's like crazy. They lost like the um, student market. Yeah. And they're, they're trying to get yeah. that
0: back. And like the general consumer market, right. like, it's still there. Most people are definitely still buying Windows PCs because they're cheaper right. at the yep. low end. Yep. But like
1: eh. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Because,
0: like, really, if you think about it, one of the main reasons why they're buying that is because it's cheaper, and in reality, you're not going to get a MacBook for less. No, you're not going to spend that kind of money. I think you would see a large uptick in MacBooks if they hit that $400 range, like some of those window laptops do, you know? But they they would...
1: Experience such a degradation in quality yeah. at that price point. I mean, you just yeah. can't make a really quality machine for four hundred bucks. No,pe like it just, just can't. It's gonna last maybe a year. Yeah, two years tops. And
0: if it doesn't, if they prioritize uh, like internals, what's gonna mm. happen is the ec- like the chassis. Yep. And like the actual build display. quality is gonna be so yeah. bad that it, you won't want it
1: in nope. two years anyway. You'll hate so,
0: it. yeah, that's why when I was a system builder and I used to like consult <laughs> with people on like what they should buy, like it yeah. was always like okay. I know function over form is good up to a point. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you have to think, like, do I want to bring this thing into meetings? Right. Is it going to look good when I want three people to look right. at my display? Is the viewing angle so bad on it that no one can look at it but me? Like, those things do end up <laughs> yeah. mattering. Yeah. But, yeah, going back to, like, like web browsers, like, I'm actually on the opposite end. So yeah, I was going to ask you. Good. I'm a Mac user. Yep. Um, in my home and like I have a Windows machine for gaming, but like I run right. Mac Mini as my desktop. I have a MacBook, I have an iPad, so I use Safari just so it. Oh, works. you do still. I no, use, use Chrome. So I use three. Okay. So I use Safari for everything personal. Okay. Um, that I do, I just run through Safari mostly because it syncs across every single one of my devices so All well that it's device. like yeah, sure. it's just amazing. Yeah. I does. use Chrome for everything work related. Yep. I'm probably gonna switch over to uh, Edge
1: soon. Yeah. Um, it's it's worth it. I mean, I haven't had any problems. The only thing that I noticed differently that I didn't really care for, in, I don't know, whatever, is the store. Though, like web extensions yeah. is built like the Edge Chrome version is baked in with the Microsoft Store when you want to download an extension. Okay, so it's not. I don't think it's the same. I got to confirm that. I don't think it's the same thing as what the Google. If store I'm being has. honest, so like I don't really use extensions. Oh, I do all the time. Moving
0: over to Safari, I actually just learned that Safari has extensions. I actually didn't think they had them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know. So yeah, because
1: because of that, <laughs> I just stopped
0: using them when I switched to Safari. It's been so long now that like I don't really, I don't know right. if that'll even like matter to me. No, I went for a long time. I was like really big on like third party like open browsers. Yeah, and so Firefox. I tried I tried out Opera. Yeah, uh, a while ago because I liked that it had animated home screens. It like does, that was like the yeah. only reason why I liked yeah. it. And Honestly, like I fell off of that really quick. I didn't yeah, I didn't love it, it doesn't um, last very long. I, something strikes people. me the wrong way with Firefox, it always has, mm-hmm. ever since I was in school.
1: Aesthetically, it's not as good as it's not as slick, yeah. But um, I think they've come a Have you seen recent versions of it? Because no, I haven't looked come at Firefox way. probably since 2007. Yeah, so if you look at the modern ones, um, they are very, very nice. It looks really slick. I love Firefox, um, I love that. I love the mission. Yeah. So the mission behind, you know, they're one of the big, they're trying to develop their own, you know, DOH, which stands for DNS over HTTPS, which basically means more security and privacy to the layman um, built into the browser. And that's pretty cool. And I like that a lot because there's, been, there's a lot of man in the middle attacks and snoof, snooping by your ISPs, internet service providers, uh, stuff like that that happens that if you're on a, you know, DOH. Uh, DNS over HTTPS, again, you can prevent a lot of that kind of attack. It kind of reduces your attack. What is it? Surface? Yeah, surface, I think. Surface than vector. I think that's how it goes. I'm pretty In sure. Cyber. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at you like you're a cybersecurity expert. Saying, uh, <laughs> me, no audio. Think, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. If I ask him an audio question, you can answer it. Yeah. I um, should know. It's surface and vector. Correct me if I'm wrong. Next time, we'll get like a chat. For like people when they actually listen, to us and I want to like, do. Yeah, live. you're an idiot, Josh.
0: Soon, soon it's coming where we'll do we'll, <laughs> we'll stream this live and then post it. Is what I envision for the be future. that cool. um, Just a little more transparency because I think yeah. that's I think that's fun about podcasts. You kind of get to know some people involved. Like yeah, right now we're point. sitting at the desk that we built. We built it. And uh, right. We're using actually, all the equipment that we work. put together, and so we're very we're like in our main office for like yeah. what we usually do. So we're still getting together like the camera layout to figure out like how are we going to show this to people? So while we get these like inaugural episodes in and like we're just building a rapport with you guys, like just know like there's always more coming. Like Absolutely. That's, that's what I do. I start that's I think about how we can elevate this and use yeah. this in a way to where we can drive traffic and You're I grown. think it's I think it's going to be a good time. Um have I'm having heard, a good time. It's the best. <laughs> um, have you ever heard of Brave browser? <laughs> no. So it's new. That's, it's re- you're going to okay. love this. You will love Brave it. Brave browser. I'm yes. looking. Um, I'm, it actively blocks ads and unwanted like like things uh, okay. like trackers yep. and it yep. tells you what it's blocking. I was gonna say on the on the main page. That's cool, and it tells you the amount of time that you're saving from the internet loading faster because yep. of those things being blocked. That's great. It's new. I've been seeing a lot of
1: influencers on Twitter in the tech space talk about it, okay. and I gave it a run. Really cool. Like, it's really cool. That's great, actually, because it's you know like in, even in the office here we run an ad blocker um, just to keep the internet you know a little bit more functional. I guess I mean just more fi- efficient. Um so like doing that, you know, we mix that in with uh like uBlock Origin, which I highly recommend. I'm not getting paid to say that at all. I just have used it for years and I think it's great. Um but uBlock Origin mixed with like a an ad blocker that's like kind of an appliance device on your network is kind of the best way to go in your a small business, especially. Uh it'll save you a lot of you know, potential attacks that can come through ads because a lot of attacks are injected. Mm-hmm. by code that's, yep. you know, hosting an ad somewhere on some other server. And if that server gets hijacked, it can come in to, you know, your browsing history and, you know, try to download on your machine, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I'll have to check that out. It looks I, pretty interesting. i, I actually on the page have now. It, I, have it my, do you? I have
0: it on my MacBook. Yeah, I use yeah? it um, every once in a while. When I will say I do notice faster load times. That's cool. Like, I, it is actually a noticeable that. thing. Yeah. Um, my only concern with it is, and this is just from lack of looking up the information, is I don't know who backs it. And I don't know, you know, like they're protecting my privacy from other people, but are they protecting my privacy from them? Yeah, And, that's, and I don't know that yet, so the, I won't yeah. wholly co-sign it. But from yeah. what I've seen so far, it seems like a really promising alternative if you're one of those people that wants to get away from the main providers.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's that's one thing that you have to consider with anything that you're doing online. Like when you do stuff on the Internet, anything doesn't matter if it's Facebook or if it's brave like this, you're going to have that risk. You're going to have a risk that that data that they have of you is going to be compromised. And actually, in this day and age, what I'll throw out Brian Krebs, because he's always the one out there, like, you know, leading the charge on a lot of this stuff with security. Um, And I, I love following him on Twitter uh You know, you're basically going to get hacked, is what he says. He says, doesn't matter where it is, like you should just assume that your data is going to be compromised no matter what. Yeah. Like it's, we're in that age. You're done. You're toast. If, as soon as you do it, <laughs> it's just like, it's kind of a scary dark time. It's kind of a, you know, a negative thing to say, but, and I don't mean to sound that way, but it's just, it's reality. You yeah. know, you look at like the Equifax and all that kind of thing, all the stuff that's going on around some of these big hacks. I'm trying to remember all of them now. I remember the Ashley Madison, who could forget that one, you know, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it's kind of silly, but you know, there were other big ones. So it's, it's just, it's sad.
0: And now we're seeing a recourse outside of just a hack. Like we're seeing with ring where yeah. other services get Hard. hacked yep. and it, you know, obviously, as i t people, we want to tell you have a different password for everything. Yeah, but the reality is, I know for a fact that most of you are using the same password for multiple things,
1: yep, which is why also we we sell uh, as a to commercial clients, we have a password manager, yeah that does that for you and it has um, things like rotation policy yeah. and stuff
0: like that where like it will make you change right. it every once in a while or make you change it to something that isn't the same as others exactly. because a lot of times what happens is let's say you have your card saved or your name saved on a weird sketchy site and that yep. site gets hacked yep well now they might have your amazon account and if they have your amazon account they probably have your ring account and that means that now they can see your front door exactly and that's scary that's so it's crazy
1: <laughs> it's
0: not it I, I just like take this time to remind you It is. It, you know if you're a consumer change those passwords yep like or, just or, get or better ones yet, get a password a, manager i was gonna
1: say use a password manager like last pass yeah. one pass there's a ton of them out there and again i'm not even getting paid to say any of this stuff i just know about these just from experience and like you know over the years um i personally use LastPass. pass i know it's probably i probably shouldn't say that but whatever um and they you know, it's it's a really nice product. It actually has a seamless integration with your iOS and Android devices. Yeah, so pe- like I know people love it. Like it works really, really well and it manages all the idea behind it is that it's your last password you have to remember, right? Yeah. And in, in that vault, in that portal, they keep all the passwords, you know, protected and encrypted in their system. And again, you're assuming that they're doing a good job of that yeah. and you're paying them to do that or whatever. If you're using the free tier, you're still, you're taking that risk. So anyways. Yeah. And um, then,
0: yeah, just a reminder, like in the commercial space, like there, I'm sure there are a lot of alternatives, but one thing that we do and that we've come to really love is this, it's, it's called Passportal yep. and it's, it's really robust um, yeah, if you own a good. business or you, if you're the systems administrator, and that's something that you've struggled with in the past is people's passwords and implementing password policies. Because it's one thing yeah. to make a policy and say, well, yeah, your password has to be this, this, and this. But if you're not able to efficiently and like effectively monitor what those passwords are and have like regulatory structures for them, it's really hard to maintain them. Mm-hmm. And so... I would urge anybody who's having trouble with that to head over to the website, you know, www.fetzerhouse.com, H A U S. And uh, we can help you try to figure out how, yeah. what's, what's find a way that where we can make this work better for you and yep. make it to where you're, you know, everything's going to end up more secure if your passwords are more secure. Yeah. Cause that's one of the easiest ways someone can get in and wreak havoc on your operation.
1: Yeah. I couldn't really add a whole lot to that, other than that's shameless plug. We're going to do th- advertisements throughout. It's going to be you better sweet. believe we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it.
0: Um, if you're if you're interested in you know IoT devices and AI, this this might interest you a little bit. Um, ARM, um, the people who make the processor for that uh, Surface Pro X that we were talking about, oh, yeah. are getting new edge AI chips. Um, that they're saying are going to promise the that IoT devices won't need the cloud. So. Mm. Currently, for people that don't know, one IoT is Internet of Things. Yeah, um, these are devices that aren't necessarily like full blown like computers, but they're can like they're they're interfacing with the yeah, internet and reporting connected. data, and they're analyzing that data, and then they're pushing something back. And usually, there's a backend cloud yep. that that they utilize to get that to and fro. But now, what these guys are doing is they're putting in like little like auxiliary chips. Within their main processors that can then do some of that workload on Local. the device itself yep. instead of outputting something. And it's, you know, it's talking like right now they're advanced enough to where they can get like basic word recognition, like keywords and like, let's say, let's say you're trying Ish. to monitor like a lab thing and yep. it's you want to know anytime it overly vibrates because it means that it's spinning wrong or whatever. Let's right, say it's right, centrifuge. Right. Yep, yep. right now, like we have the ability for it will report, like, hey, this vibrated a lot. It's a problem. Yep. Back, but this is promising things like, you know, object recognition. So let's say something comes into the space and you want to be alerted when it comes into the space. Well, this this new development is something that will allow these processors to do that locally. And uh, I think Josh will have a better
1: explanation of why it's <laughs> good,
0: why it's a beneficial thing to have that done locally
1: versus sending that data outward. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, there's uh, use cases for both sides, of course, in my opinion. Um, And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have it. It's just very interesting to see, you know, somebody come up with an idea that, you know, using some sort of AI in a local space, that's not really plugged in. And especially when, you know, we're talking about the era of like 5G, right? Like it's going to come soon and you're looking at, you know, massive inter- internet connectivity that's just been unheard of allegedly. I mean we'll see how that actually happens, right? But um, you know, I think I think for that um that type of application, I could see a lot of value uh where you're segmenting out like not real time in a way. And it seems weird to say that. Like in such a cloud like mobile first, cloud first world that we live in, um, you're always connected to like some server. Like, yeah. even at your, your iPhone or your Android phone that you have, like, floating around, it's always connected, right? It's so funny, too, as a side note, like, when people complain about Alexa or whoever, you know, Amazon's devices or whatever, you know, recording you at home, it's like, you know, you do realize that, like, the phone in your pocket has a microphone, a camera... And it always on. It's always on, and it's always connected to the internet. <laughs> and like it doesn't always. matter what you have installed. <laughs> like it's there. It's there, and it's actually like it's kind of funny to hear people complain about the other devices, but yet they have a phone. They never say anything about it. Um, but that's the world we live in, right? So it's it's one of those things. Like we're the ARM chips, it's going to be really neat to see what people come up with it. Like if it actually helps, you know, humanity in some way. But you know, to have these these AI chips local. Um, quite interesting to see that from like breaking it from the servers and the cloud especially you right know? after like, we it's... just got
0: out of an era where like that was like that, the, was, the that was the buzzword like yeah. oh we're going to the and, cloud and it's like now
1: we're reaching this like is it everything going to be like on premise well i don't i don't personally think i mean there'll be a mixed bag right just like there still is today honestly like we don't do all our computing in the cloud like yeah. as a business I mean, we do a lot of it, I would say most of it local, Mm -hmm. um, we use a couple of cloud services to help maintain and, you know, manage things on our end. But you know, there's, it's not like we're like hundred percent cloud, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, you could, you could do that. Theoretically, you have Amazon workspaces and I forget what Microsoft's Azure product is, but like basically you can spin up your own like PC in the cloud and run it off there and just like log into it through a web browser on a, anything like an iPad, a Chromebook or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter what it is at home, at work, wherever, and just literally like fire up your own environment and be there. Um So it's quite an interesting time we live in where we're seeing that kind of like, Hey, we need this device to do this thing locally. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know that I explained that any better. You you kind of teed me up and I feel like I let you down. <laughs> I feel like you did a great job. Okay. Thanks. You know,
0: I, the, the reality is that it's early. For this kind of stuff, so a lot of it's going to be speculation. I mean, that what they what ARM is talking about putting out probably won't come out for the next two years anyway.
1: Probably not, but it makes it's, it antiquated.
0: It is fun to speculate on where things are going to go because, yeah. like I said, we saw everyone try to move to the cloud as quickly as humanly mm-hmm. possible for the past couple of years, and now it seems like maybe and. I could be wrong, but it seems like maybe there's a little bit of a regression from that and people are like, "Hold on. Yep. Maybe we got really excited about this yeah. a little bit too quick. Yep. Maybe some things are better left handled on site." And yeah. it's, I want to see how people move with that in the future.
1: Yeah, it's you're right. Um you think about all the streaming, like you think about all the cloud things that we're using like in the consumer space especially Netflix, you know. Uh, What else? Disney Plus, Hulu, whatever. You throw all the streaming services at Amazon. And it's like, all that's cloud, right? And you're giving all this data up to that cloud. Like, has anyone... I don't know. I think about this. Has anyone thought about, hey, when you're on Netflix and you're pulling up a movie or whatever, they're tracking that on your profile. Mm -hmm. Like, they're saying, oh, you like these... You've watched these 10 movies or these 10 shows or whatever, you know. Obviously, more than 10, but just as hypothetical and like we're going to track your data and we're going to know your profile. We're going to build something else about you that we understand that, Oh, you're in this, your birth date's here. So you're in this rate, you know what I mean? They have all that information. And it's funny to me because I think like that's maybe that's part of like what we're seeing is like that mixed with just the cost, like in the enterprise space, the cost of like running a bunch of stuff in AWS or Azure, or now there's Google Cloud Platform, and IBM has one, and Rackspace has one, and there's all these different places that all have their own data centers in the cloud. You can do all sorts of crazy stuff with them. Um, obviously, the I think market share, I think uh, Amazon's in the lead by a landslide with yeah. all of that. But regardless, like you can do all that stuff with it. And I think in the enterprise space, you're seeing just like a high cost for being in the cloud. And while it's maybe OpEx, versus capex and that's like operational expenses versus capital expense expenses um you know those opex expenses are kind of ballooning and so you're seeing that pullback you know and i yeah. had i we had one client recently just to just talk to him today about it they're doing an on-premise you know voip system and like we sell a cloud system ours is just a cloud system but they didn't want that they wanted a voip system that was they owned it and they're going to buy it outright and they're going to hold it for they want it to last for 10 years and that's just going to be that yep. i'm like okay that's i mean i don't care as far as you know i, I would rather have the business obviously but like if you want to be on prem we don't sell that, so i don't care fine yeah you do your thing is where i'm going with that but at the same time you know i see this pullback a little bit where people are starting to put you know an appliance back on their network and just use their internet connection for stuff that's behind their their local area network or their firewall however you want to describe that but that local you know network there and that's it's just kind of an interesting time to live in so to see something like this come out kind of not surprising i think it would probably use cases i don't even know about with that that chipset but it'd be it'd be interesting to see for sure how this all rolls out yeah, that's I, all I can add. It's not much to add. No, it's yeah, it's one of those <laughs> it's things. Like, you know, hey, roll some dice. <laughs> we, can, we can only look forward. Right, um, that's so lo- interesting to talk about.
0: In looking forward into the rest of our show, we're going to be talking about emails and how yeah. you can maybe you know not get totally destroyed through an email phishing scam. <laughs> um, so A little
1: security part.
0: You know, little 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 security segment. Um, one of the things that a lot of people fall victim to and we've seen a lot of stories in the news about schools falling victim to this in recent years yeah, has been phishing scams and people sending out you know an email with a malicious link in it and you click it and then either let's say it's ransomware and they take they take your files and hold it for ransom or they just go in and start doing stuff like you know yeah. there's a of ways they can do it They're, yeah but one of the a lot of people rely on Microsoft Office 365 ATP or G Suite Enterprise to stop these threats. Yep. And a study has come out showing that 20 to 40% of the time these threats are not being stopped on their first pass and it's taking 24 high? to 48 hours. Really? It's very high. That's and insane. It's 20... No, it's
1: 20 to 40%. I just can't believe it's that high. And
0: then it's taking 24 to 48% uh 24 to uh, 48 20... hours. There's the oh, one yeah. to fix that so once it's oh, passed wow. like it's then taking their machine learning like a pretty long time to then recognize that it failed and then make a new like note saying like don't let it fail and a lot of times that 24 to 48 hours is going to be way longer than the time period that the threat's going right. to be a threat like if i get an email and it ends up making its way through the chances of me clicking on that email within a 24 to 48 hour period it's like pretty high yeah so it's
1: ridiculously high
0: it's interesting to see like okay so these big ones are kind of failing and we're seeing that so that's like, what
1: other options are there josh yeah i see that so pretty much on the and we'll talk in the enterprise space um and look the, the commercial space uh, small to medium to larger enterprises larger enterprises are probably going to start there they're going to have a on-site or multiple you know appliances that basically or even software appliances um that are going to filter and screen all their email in some highly regulated environments, they do a ton of filtering. Um, Certain businesses will even blacklist, you know, the entire internet, for example, and only (laughs) whitelist certain domains on like the web browsing side. So even so they're very, very stringent on the email that they can receive. And it goes through, you know, probably several filters in certain industries. Um, But in the, like, kind of the small, medium space, we see it a lot with uh, what we've done over the past couple years in IT services As pointed out, like, basically, you guys don't have anything. They're using just Office 365 and G Suite. Um, so we also, of course, a shameless plug, we have a solution for that as well that we sell. But, you know, anything, like, and I, I would encourage any small business, I mean, obviously, we can help you, but do, like, go get something you know and and that something can be what we sell is um we use a specific product that does spam filtering for us and okay. we use it internally on all our filters that i i set that up actually there's a bunch of providers out there um and there's like Proofpoint, point for example is a good one uh kuda mail is a good one there's solar winds mail Assure. there's a bunch of i think connectwise probably has something too but there's a lot of different things you can do out there as a business owner. Um, consulting with us, we're gonna recommend what we use, and we use it on a daily daily basis, and we believe in it. So, but just doing something is better than nothing. And with yeah. those stats, like as high as that is, twenty to forty percent of the time, like failing to identify or stop threats properly, and then taking like a full two days and theoretically to fix, that's like all that time is all the. Anyone would need to get some sort of piece of code, download it on a PC. And I've seen it a thousand times. You'd think that people would lock down their machines. We recommend that you do. You don't run as a root or administrator in the uh, commercial space at all. You know, you can have credentials that can get you that kind of access, but on a day to day operation, you shouldn't be running that. And then You know, allow yourself like a little bit of stopgap in there so that malicious code can't just run with your user credentials, like because you're not running root. But you know, it doesn't happen like that. I would be interested to see the statistics on how many businesses actually do that practice because it's very inconvenient. Yeah. So no one does it. Basically, is what I've kind of seen in my as I've consulted with people over the years. And so it's better to have like that multi-layer approach. So you have like you do use Microsoft office 365 atp and g-suite enterprise one or the other and then there's a layer in front of that that protects and blocks you know um the first pass kind of filtering coming in and then those do their job and then you know you you don't run root and then maybe there's something else that you're going to do internally to help clean up and run some scans and stuff like that we do those services as part of what we do as a as a business but like I said, like you're kind of irresponsible. Like I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah. Like if you're a small business owner, or you're just, or even a medium sized like IT and systems administrator, and you don't have something in place like that to block this stuff, like don't be surprised you get hacked. You're dropping you're, the ball. You're of, dropping the ball. Like, like dude, no, I and, cannot endorse you or say that you're doing that, any, yourself a service. There's
0: a lot of so for a little backstory. Like I'm new to this space yeah. of, like, this service provider, like, doing IT services as an outsourced service. And it's my job to market those services and to understand them and to get them to people to understand. And one thing that I've found is that there's a lot of people that are blatantly ignoring <laughs> their security.
1: <laughs> welcome it, welcome to IT, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and I,
0: I always knew that that was a thing in the consumer space, but I just kind of assumed... Yeah, that, you like, assumed it was business better. owners cared enough about their business right. to protect their business. Mm-hmm. And I I think a lot of it comes from ignorance. I think there's a lot of people that just don't know. Mm-hmm. But th- I've met a lot of people
1: that know and there's, are like, "Nope. Yep. I I'm, I'm good. We just don't do it and we're not messing with it or we don't want to spend the money on it or, you know, and it, 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 the list goes on and on. It doesn't, you know, there's no license like for a business owner, you don't have to get licensed in IT security to start your business, right? Yeah. So it's like one of those things where, you know, people just do whatever they think is best. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I I get what you're saying, and I completely agree. This is one of those issues that it's just standard. Like we protect our environment. Yeah. We we have to. As and an we MSP, we're like and, and we probably could do more, honestly. I mean, I there's always room for improvement, right? But there's you know, as a small business owner, you should at least be looking at these things and taking them very seriously. Because the stats on it, like if you do get hit, uh, I think it's like sixty. We need to look that up. It's like sixty to seventy percent of small businesses go under once they're hacked because oh, yeah. it literally stops you dead in your tracks. Well, like
0: I went to a you're done. I went to a ransomware seminar and yeah. uh, listen to them talk about like the effects of ransomware and how that works and. I think it's like the average ransomware attack, like the ransom they demand is like the yeah. average is like in the 400,000s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you think about yep. most small businesses, like most of them probably don't right. have 400K just laying no, around to be no. like,
1: oh, well, I need that file back. Most of them are, most businesses are kind of living that. I won't say like for the analogy, living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. you know, they're, they're, Expenses are and their revenues. It's just enough revenue to keep things going. Yeah. You know, that's most businesses.
0: And that's not a knock on them no, at all. That's just, just that's the it's way normal. it works. You know, the small yeah. business game is a rough game, you know, everyone's yeah. trying to get a slice of the pie. It's not yep. the biggest everyone's pie in the world. Paid. And it is what it is. It's it's just really interesting to me to see that landscape and who cares about certain things and where that right. care is going to. And I think a lot of it stems from like tech illiteracy. Mm-hmm. and it's it like okay That's well why you need
1: a partner like us yeah or you know even some of our competition in the area i'll, I'll endorse them too like you need to do something
0: yeah and like because especially with something like this you know we know that not everyone listening is going to be in indiana and unfortunately we can't right. service everyone right. across the nation right now you know <laughs> coming soon um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he has loftier goals than me but, but um like if you're somewhere and you own a business, like part of part of the love of what we do is the love of small businesses and the love of that hustle and like we want we don't want to see people go under yeah. because people are attacking them. Right. And so like if you're not doing something about it, like do something about it. Like go look up the providers in your area. Yep. Figure it out. And if you are in the indie area, like maybe there's a solid chance that maybe we don't work out together, but I would love to meet with people. I would love to have people on this podcast that own businesses. Yeah, that'd like, be nice. If, you, be good. if this is something that like is of concern to you, that interests mm-hmm. you, um, please reach out, go to the website, go follow us on any social media and reach yeah, out there. And like, I would love to talk with different small business owners about what they are currently doing and what they could do. Mm-hmm. and to better that. And maybe we could, you know, help each other and we could all create like a network where we're learning about these things and we're teaching small businesses certain things and, you know, we're harboring each other's growth because a lot of us aren't competing. I feel like a lot of people focus <laughs> on the fact that we're competing with each other. Yeah. But like a lot of businesses, like we have no, we're not doing the same thing. And no, we really could come together and help each other grow in such an awesome way because there's going to be some people that totally understand accounting. And they yep. have a thorough understanding and they could yep. probably teach me a thing or two. And yep. versus like, we could definitely teach you about your IT security and like making sure that you're good on that back end. So all that accounting work you did doesn't isn't for nothing.
1: Right. And so Or you don't lose your business because you got hacked and now your clients are mad at you and they sued you. Yep. And you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, <laughs> their information's floating all over the internet in and the dark so, web. And
0: that's a theme you'll see across <laughs> our shows, um, not just here but everywhere, is like I really want community engagement. I like I like this community of like young professionals and like everyone's trying to get something, they're trying to get somewhere. Yep. And we all have this thing that we're passionate about and I love sharing that with each other. So yeah, you know, I always agree. reach out if you have ideas or if you have things you want us to talk about. I like, I would love to talk about those things. Yeah. Kind of um,
1: better. I think uh, one other thing I'll throw out there too, uh, use a chat thing. You know, there's a it's a kind of interesting segue, and maybe we can tee that up for the next episode, but this is all email, right? Yeah. And the one thing, so you look at companies like Slack, right? I'll pick on them. Slack is for those that might not know, uh, instant messaging platform essentially. And it's got some pretty tight security controls that they try to employ when you sign up with them. Um, and they're kind of, I think they're, uh, it doesn't matter. They're, they're a tech company out of Silicon Valley. I think they're just went public or they were going public or something like that. But point is, um, if you switch to like a chat program that has like kind of an end to end encryption, kind of like, you know, I think Microsoft Teams is that way. I think Google Hangouts is that way. If you switch a lot of your communication to that, that's something you could maybe do today to kind of avoid throwing emails all over. Now, obviously, externally, that might not make a lot of sense. But like, you know, for your internals, especially somebody with like three, 400 users, like think about doing something different. Because like, what do you need email for? Really? I mean, other than your users are just used to it. Yeah, like you can slap something in an IM and get an answer a lot faster usually. Anyway, and the chances you are know, your people know, are going to
0: end up liking that more.
1: Ch- yeah, usually. I mean, it depends, but you know, sometimes people get annoyed with it. But I, I've found it to be easier to use personally. So we use, you know, our own version of that. So. Yeah, yeah. So just throwing it out there. Something else I've just thought of. Yeah. Oh. Word dog. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh you know what guys it's probably done i think it's over i think it's over i think this is the the inaugural one yeah this was
0: fun this was fun it'll only get better from here um i wish i wish so badly you all could hear cut one yeah it was it was a fun time it was a fun time i feel like we still got a lot of good information here and yeah, thank you all for listening. Like, Thank you yep. to anybody who took the time to listen to us talk. Um, always, Fetzer House Tech on all socials. If you look up Fetzer House Tech, you will find us. Yep. Um, FetzerHouse.com, that's F-E-T-Z-E-R-H-A-U-S.com. And that's how you'll find us. Um, podcast is going to be posted anywhere you can hear audio. Yep. I'm going to have it up. These first couple might just be SoundCloud YouTube as I get it set up with Spotify and Apple Music and all them. Um, so look out for that, um, engage with us, let us know what you want to do, and we will have another episode for you soon.